Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we are in part three of Austin's interview. Hope you enjoy. During the time, my time at the rescue mission, I learned an awful lot about uh, myself. Um, not always healthy, very much not healthy. Uh, my identity was based in doing God's work, not being a follower of Christ. Mm. So if your focus is, I want to do God's work, you sacrifice everything, including your family. Uh, I would naturally would often work over 70 hours a week and think that wasn't enough. And my saint of a wife would constantly just beg me to come home. And I just would ignore her. Because I was doing God, quote, air quote, God's work. When I was just denying the thing that drove me towards Christ was Chelsea being a godly woman following Christ. That's what drove us together um, to the city and then getting there and missing the mark and doing good work. Like, I, it was good things. Like, I, that was 70 hours of doing good things, but it wasn't the sure. right, appropriate things for my life at that time. There was a lot of hurt there, um, a lot of not understanding how I responded or why I reacted the way to pressure, um, not having the right priorities mm-hmm. um, while doing good things. It was where I, I learned, like, I'm incredibly grateful for my time there because I learned about what it means to be an engaged person who's a follower of Christ that lives in a place that's broken. So I'm able, being able to identify what does it mean to love your neighbor? Yeah. in a broken place. Like we, we use these things, we use this language in, in Christian circles of like Christianese, like, Oh, we love our neighbors as ourselves. Like, well, what does that mean in a place where sometimes our neighbors get beat by their boyfriends? Sometimes our neighbors are leaders in the LGBTQ community. How do we love them? Sometimes our neighbors are literally living outside, sleeping on the porch mm-hmm. and you wake up in the morning, take your kids to school. And there's this homeless guy sleeping on your porch. Are they like, how do we love them? What does that look like? And so it's asking those difficult questions and figuring out what is a way in which Christ, how would he respond? Yeah. What are his priorities? I remember, because I was, I mean, I I would say I've changed a bit since then too, but (laughs) my my memory of you now is uh, back then was like, I was drawn to you because I found your passion um, to be something I was wrestling through as well, a similar Mm -hmm. passion for the city and, um, and obviously growing up around the refuge, like I was interested in that, but I like, I like thinking back about you was like, <laughs> as this super hopeful guy, but also this super like miserable like guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because uh-huh. like you, you, it was almost like if mercy, if a definition of mercy, I think Wayne Grudem says like def, defines mercy as like goodness towards the miserable. Mm-hmm. It's like, it was almost like in that season, you felt like in order for God to love you, you had to be miserable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like the opposite. Of, like we talk about like the prosperity gospel. Like if you love God, you'll be healthy, wealthy, and happy. And my, I was like, okay, I don't, that's not true because Jesus wasn't wealthy, healthy, and he was not well loved. And by God, I'm going to make sure I'm never here. Yeah, so I'm going to be miserable. <laughs> yeah. 
which is yeah. just kind of like stupid, stupid. So it's like the uh, it's poverty gospel. So I have to be <clears throat> suffering. I have to like I have to freak my family out and not have enough money and just like oh all the suffering is my way of getting closer to Christ. Yeah, which isn't healthy or good. Like there's nothing good in that. Uh, like that's not true. There's good things that I learned in that that we learned that Chelsea and I learned about each other, and we're still like healing from that mm-hmm. um so it's yeah there is a like i am a naturally optimistic person like that's just what i do i'm very optimistic and that can often dull reality to like i need to address something now because i can't just focus on how it's going to look in the future and be like i can deal with stupid or for or unnecessary drama right now because it's going to be better in the future but if i if you ignore what's happening presently you're not going to have a future that's that you're hoping for. Sure. So you have to finish what you're, you have to be able to look at what is in front of you and do that well and care for, care for the family that you have in front of you right now. So that's what kind of led us to the refuge where, um, yeah. Why did you, when I said, um, I'm, I am looking for a job. Why did you say, it's like, oh yeah, you should come work with me. Especially if you're saying like, you were a hopeful, miserable person. <laughs> well, <laughs> And I'm taking, I mean, I'm saying that tongue in cheek too. Yeah. No, you're putting me on the, no, put me on the spot here. Yep. No, I, um, I mean, I think that I, I think that it was both of us saying like, we, we met each other at German Village Coffee House and I think it was like simultaneously I was like, hey. Um, I, cause I had just started on staff at the refuge in September of 16. Wow. Yeah. So, and we were looking for a couple staff cause that's one of the things I was helping with. And I, I was like, this guy's passionate about the same stuff that I'm passionate. He's got a heart for, you know, your heart's in the right place. And I just had a lot of respect for you already at that time. So I was like, I would love it if Austin was on staff and then you came and you were like, I'm looking for a job. And it was just kind of like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's perfect. This seems, uh, this seems too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was the, I think if, uh, the interview process for how I came on staff was, it was a, <laughs> it was a group. It seemed like it was a group effort. Cause I hung out with Ben Reynolds one day I hung out with you an awful lot. I hung out with Tom Thompson, your dad, and like my wife. Chelsea and I had dinner with um, Tom and Jana, and um, Chelsea asks the more difficult questions of people, just like uh-huh. how much time is he going to be working? <laughs> and like what at that it, time, I'm sure that that was her biggest concern. It was. She was like, "How much time is he going to be working? And is he? Are you actually going to pay us? Mm-hmm. Like the full staff, like the full salary? Like, and we're going to get health benefits?" Like those type of things. Me, I'm just like, sure, yeah. You raised support, didn't you? Yeah, at the rescue mission, we raised 60% of our, our salary, and we had to find health insurance. Wow. So that was just because – it wasn't like – that's not like the rescue mission's fault. It's just No, that, I mean, budget. a lot of people do that, but that had – I mean, that has to be really challenging. Yeah, I got used to asking people for money. Yeah. Because it was like, hey, we both agree that this is good, important work. Um, you have money that I don't have. Would you give me $100 a month for two years? Mm-hmm. So I can go do the thing we both knew no needs to happen. That's and that's that's how we raised our. We had like a, I think it was like forty five donors at one point that were giving consistently to us, 
so we could do that work, which was really cool. Um, so mm-hmm. I learned an awful lot about how to say uncomfortable things kindly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a, there was a, me falling in love with the city was definitely of God because prior to that, I wanted to literally, I went to college because I thought I wanted to be a farmer. And then I realized that was dumb because I have no farming in my family. Uh, so I was like, Oh, I like construction. Cause I went on mission trips and liked building roofs. So I'll just do construction cause homes are cool. I like mm-hmm. how homes are built, which is kind of a segue into realizing that homes are really important and knowing friends, my friends were homeless and seeing that like having a house is pretty important and understanding how community development works. So while I was at Veritas, um, a group of us started a community development corporation called cultivate CDC. Mm-hmm. And I helped start that, which was one of the reasons why, um, you guys were, uh, wanting me to come on staff was to help with project 614, mm-hmm. the community development corporation we have on the West side for the refuge alumni. Mm-hmm. So my love for the city specifically like the, the bureaucratic system, red tape, um, which you realize that it's not a system. It's just a group of people collectively saying we're going to, we are going to, or not going to do something. And so just knowing who those people are, um, I in really enjoy that stuff. So that, and then caring about the hard parts of the city, learning how, like being a carny for so long and understanding how people (laughs) lie and then working in a rescue mission where nothing really has surprised me since being a carny. Like the refuge is a crazy place to work, but (coughs) yet to be surprised or scared the way I was when I was a carny. Mm -hmm. So all these weird, like this is a really weird life story that I've led that's led me here. Like even just the other day, Chelsea and I were talking about like, have you thought about like how God has prepared us as a couple and just, um, with our passions and giftings, I would have never like 10 years ago. I never, when I first started volunteering at a rescue mission, I just was like, man, it would be great to just live in the city Mm -hmm. or it would just be great to be doing something with my life that was pushing people towards Jesus. Never in a million years would I have thought that, I would be doing what I'm doing today for the refuge Mm. would not have been able to draw that line. Even if I was like super creative or like, I have no idea how I got here. (laughs) It's a, it's an interesting cause yesterday, like yesterday I had a, I had two long conversations with radically different people. I had a conversation with somebody who was contemplating coming into the refuge for like 10, 15 minutes. Wow. Um, and just them being like very, very broken. I hope that they called in. Mm -hmm. And then later in the day, I had a conversation with a local elected person for like 10, 15 minutes about funding for a building for the refuge. Mm -hmm. So it's just this very drastic, like different people, but we're all focusing on the same thing of making, making, loving our neighbors as ourselves the way that Jesus does. And both of those conversations, even though they're very, very different, they're both focused on like, what does it mean to love our neighbor as ourself? And do like, do I actually believe this Jesus person is real? Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. Tomorrow will be the fourth and final episode of our interview with Austin. We'll see you then.